everybody, welcome to the brand new Stationary Freaks podcast with myself, Rob Lambert, and I'm joined, as usual, with Helen. Hi, Helen. Hi. Cool. So what's happening in your stationary world? More uh, pointless bullet journaling? <laughs> yes, lots more. In fact, I may just have discovered the one true book for me. So you know everyone's always in search of the best notebook in the world ever, and in fact I have a stack of maybe 20 unused notebooks at home in my search for the best one and I think maybe right now I've just found the perfect notebook. Cool. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute actually because I think I've found the least perfect notebook <laughs> uh, for, my, uh, for my life notes. But actually let's uh, introduce today's topic first just so we can get people hooked on hopefully listening to the rest of this podcast. So today we're going to talk about how to run an appreciative inquiry and of course we're going to talk about how to use stationery with that because this is Stationery Freaks where we are obviously freakishly obsessed with stationery. Freakishly so. Absolutely, but more importantly, we're actually obsessed with how you can use stationery to get some good stuff done, to get by in life, to get productive, to do some really cool things with your life. So that's what this podcast is about. Um, so yes, today's appreciative inquiry is much easier to say than it sounds. Um, and really what this is, is a positive meeting where we don't talk about anything negative and we'll talk about the reasons why that's an important meeting in a bit and of course, how to use stationery. But Helen, so you found the perfect notebook. I have found the perfect notebook. Why is it perfect? It's perfect because, so I know you are less respectful of my uh, bullet journaling habit than Perhaps you could be. Yeah, it's a slight waste of time in my view, but it, that's going to get some hate, isn't that's it? That's going to get yeah, some hate, and do you know there. it deserves it too? But you know, bring it on. Um, for me, I've been using the Luchsen ones, which I can't pronounce. I've been using Moleskine, and their problem is, is that A6 size is just not quite big enough. This is a company called Paper. It's a new little startup, but cool. they do something that is marginally bigger than A6 in both height and width. And their page, when it opens, it opens flat, and it's just oh, perfect. Nice course none of your little pen pouches and things that you have to go over the don't look at me like that pen pouches and things to go over the top fit because it's this weird quirky size but if you can get over the weird quirky size it's super cool that's cool it, i always struggle with the whole stage <laughs> i mean we're, we're both stationary freaks and actually that's why this this podcast uh, came about because we actually want to you know share our love with other people who are clearly freaks as well and by the way you can find us at stationaryfreaks.com um, and obviously, if you like this podcast, great, subscribe, hit the like button, uh, give us some feedback, let us know what topics you want to cover. But actually, coming back to the point here, I think there's probably, I like to separate the world into two types. And I think with stationery, there are those that use it for sort of really creative ways of getting stuff done and, you know, doodling. And I see you're in that camp. You know, yes. everything looks nice. You've got nice colours, you've got stickers, you've got banners, you spend a long time bullet journaling. Long is uh, it? <laughs> More time than you, Rob, but course, it's not long. Of course, Whereas I use stationery because my handwriting is awful. It is. And I can't draw it. I mean, you've seen me draw. Dog and a skateboard, yeah. Dog and a skateboard's my uh, my highlight. Of, maybe we'll include we'll something on the yeah, Instagram. Right. And by the way, yes, Instagram Stationery Freaks UK is our Instagram handle. Uh, and yeah, I'll include some on there, but I can't draw. I, I'm not into this sort of using stationery to spend a long time crafting something of beauty because no matter how hard I try it never turns out that way so I always go for the the other half of stationery which is just using it to get stuff done which is why bullet journaling seems such a, uh, a drawn out process for me this is going to be a theme isn't it I think it probably is I think I found the worst notebook I was in on holiday in Cornwall and I ran out of paper I was doodling all really? sorts of really ideas for business all sorts of stuff going through so I went to Sainsbury's and I bought one of their tiny little what size is that a one Oh, no, no, it's the other way. It's so the it's other about way, probably A8 or something. All oh, right, crikey. That's re very little. That's like a 
third the size of an A6. Somebody can tell us. Yeah, I'll, I'll it's include a pocket a, notebook size. Yeah, I'll include a picture on the, the Instagram feed. It looks um, nice. It, it was. A, it looked okay in the shop, and it was only about three pounds. But you can see the front covers <gasps> coming off already. Bad quality. And when you open it and you you put it flat, you can see the pages are now starting to come away. The threads actually start to come off. Um, and it's not that great to write in, so it was a bit of a disappointment. Does the ink bleed through the paper? Is the paper yes. nice? And yeah, you see, yeah. those things you should think about. You if go. you did bullet journaling, you'd know that, Rob. Yeah. But actually, this isn't a slight about Sainsbury's, um, and no, I'm no, never nice going to do um, bullet journaling, by the way. Um, <laughs> and there, because I've had a, another notebook from there, which was awesome. It was fabulous. It's like an A5 or 6, slightly bigger than this one. And it was great. This one's just, I don't know, falling apart. Anyway, enough of the rambling nonsense about stationery. Let's crack on with today. So <laughs> appreciative work. inquiry. So what is an appreciative inquiry? Okay, so this is a meeting. If you work in the corporate world, or you work in anywhere where you have lots of meetings, the chances are your meetings are going to be really negative, talking about things that you can't do, things that go wrong, problems, all sorts of weird stuff like that. And there's a place for that. You have to talk about those things. You can't just shy away from that in business. Um, but actually an appreciative inquiry is actually about looking at what's going really well and it's about a positive, it's about looking to the future and it's about I guess drawing on the things that are going really well with your team and you and putting together more of that stuff so that we start to see more of the good stuff. Now I use these appreciative inquiries probably one out of 20 meetings or facilitated workshops um, to try and really focus on the positive aspects. What we're going to do is we're going to walk through how to run one of these. We're obviously going to talk about how to use stationery in there. But I thought I'd just read you a little bit from Wikipedia, that font of uh, truth and knowledge. All, all knowledge comes from Wikipedia, that's right. Okay, so this is what they've got to say about appreciative inquiry. So some researchers believe that excessive focus on dysfunctions can actually cause them to become worse or fail to become better. I've definitely seen that myself. By contrast... Appreciative inquiry argues when all members of an organisation are motivated to understand and value the most favourable features of its culture, it can make rapid improvements. I've seen that as well. You know, we talk about shining a light on people that are doing good work Indeed. and pointing people at them. So we're going to talk you through it at Appreciative Inquiry and, uh, you know, there's some rules, there's some steps, there's some things that we like to espouse. Um, and obviously Helen, chip in with the sort of different types of stationery that do. you might want to... <laughs> using these sessions and no bullet journaling no okay journaling. so step number one you've got to make sure you invite the right people to this really really important so you know most meetings that i get invited to i don't need to be there okay <laughs> do you know that's very true i'm the same and you when you walk out of a meeting and you think i didn't really add any value or if i hadn't been there no one would have noticed or the same outcome would have happened i think that's a really good sign that you shouldn't be there. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have been there. But it's like it's that classic thing, though, isn't it? You're just going to invite everybody or this manager and their entire department and CC get, people in, and it's that trying to get a huge consensus. If I get everybody in the room yeah. and everybody agrees, then of course it means it's agreed and done. And actually, you find that when you do that, everybody thinks somebody else is doing something. Absolutely. So always make sure you invite the right people. Only the people that you actually want to contribute. That's really, really important. Um, I always book at least two hours for these sessions and I make it very very clear on the invite and you should do this with all meeting invites what the purpose of the meeting is and what you're expected to contribute so it's really important that people know how to prepare for a meeting and they know obviously as Helen's just talked about why they're there and what they're actually contributing into it they can do some prep work as well which is great um, and make it clear it's only about positivity and appreciation and this is going to really freak a load of people out <laughs> because how many times you get invited to a meeting that's all about goodness and positivity. Um, these are very interactive as well, so make sure you've booked a room with a whiteboard, and of course we're gonna be using post-it notes or sticky notes of some sort 
um, super stickier the better yeah absolutely especially since the ones that aren't tend to fall off and then you probably need blue tack as well absolutely. to keep those on because we always end up with some of those somehow cool so that's step number one invite the right people make sure you've got the right room all that sort of stuff so step number two is you've got to plan ahead and you've got to make sure you've got the right kit and this is really where you need that stationary box um, have you built a stationary pack yet? A stationary box? I've had several stationary boxes in my life. At one point, I had a nice little, this sounds really geeky, had a nice little trolley on wheels which was stuffed full of post its and sharpies and multi color, because I color code, back to the bullet journey, but I color code, which is why everything in my life is color, because then I can sort things. So I had this big, but uh, yeah, it's shrunk down now, so we have a box. I think we share communally where I work at the moment, so that's fine. Absolutely. So one of the things actually we're thinking about with Stationary Freeze, and obviously let us know uh, in the comments or Instagram or anything, is would you want us to put together essentially sort of stationary packs or kits that are pre-prepared for some of the stuff that we talk about here, like a little bag you can carry around with all the right things in it to run meetings or to do Sanitation Kanban boards. Sanitation kit or Absolutely. A, yeah, whatever. Because as we go, we've got loads of topics for stationary freaks. Um, and as we go through it, they require a slightly different set of, of stationary, but actually yeah. most of them share a very similar group and we're thinking about putting something together. So let us know. But basically, you plan ahead. You're going to definitely need those sticky notes of some sort. You're going to need Sharpies or pens, equivalent of that. We're going to try to avoid too many brand names, but it's hard nowadays. Um, food definitely helps. Okay, so it's not stationary related, but by far and away, most meetings go better with food. And there's psychological reasons for that. Is so it? this is yeah, there is. Uh, it's not that. No. So this, there. <laughs> this is another of my geeky topics. There are reasons why um, psychologically it's much better if you share food with a group of people. Uh, whether it goes back to the tribal days of sharing food around a, a campfire when you shared the kill of the day or whatever. But that's absolutely true. People that you share food with implies that you trust those people, which means that it, it's a really good way of building a team, helping to build a team quickly. It's not going to do it on its own. I mean, unless cool. you're buying Krispy Kremes, and again, brand name's not important, but that's a definite way to make friends. That's it, definitely. But obviously, you know, cater for everyone, you know. There might be vegans, vegetarians, people on healthy diets, that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Okay, cool, so food helps. And then obviously tell people to come prepared. Now, what I always encourage them to do is to actually come prepared with some very positive observations about the work or whatever it is that you're talking about, um, already pre-prepared on maybe some post-it notes or some index cards. Now, of course, um, I would always run the session with my trusty notebook with my outline and all sorts of stuff in there as well. Um, but yes, definitely, they're the basic stationary stuff that we need. Okay? So I have a runtime sheet, so I, it's what I literally cool. call it. And yeah, it's yeah, a printout, yeah. so I keep all of this in. I have an electronic version of my bullet journal as well, so I never know. I have a, I know it's bizarre, <laughs> I just, but I, so that I can always find stuff and it's evergreen stuff, I would have a run sheet for workshops, for um, talks, for courses, whatever it is, that tells me exactly how long I should spend doing what topic. And I can reuse it and redo it, but I just print it out and I take it with me. So what tool do you use for that? Evernote. So you use Evernote for that? I use Evernote okay. just to store it, yeah. That's cool. Because as we talk about stationary freaks, one of the things is is blending that digital and paper world, yes. that sort of analog and digital world together. Uh, now, I did use Evernote for a very long time, but I moved to something called Devon Think. But actually, because it's so hard to use Devon Think compared to Evernote, I, had a I use it, it a lot hard. less. Um, <laughs> so I've started using Apple Notes and, and paper notebooks and all sorts of stuff. But we'll, we'll cover that. That'll be a topic definitely in the future. So step number one we've covered, which was obviously invite the right people, get the right room, that sort of stuff. Step number two, we're going to plan ahead, make sure we've got all the right stationery and everything there. Step number three, we're going to create a safe place for people to do this because it's actually very difficult in most companies to create a culture where people feel empowered and, and confident and welcome to share ideas, even positive ideas. It's yeah. bizarre. you know. Actually sharing negative stuff seems to be 
quite commonplace. Well, what you're trying to do is in those situations, you're trying to point out effectively that the blame all sits elsewhere, absolutely. not at me. So they just become elevated bitching sessions, basically, absolutely. which we're, we're not big fans of anyway, but you know, there's sometimes there's a time and a place to vent and, and let your frustrations out. But actually sharing really positive things, ideas for how things could be better is actually really hard. And almost every workshop we run through various different companies we're part of, we run uh, sort of, I, I do particularly a Purdue creativity test at the start, where we okay. ask you to draw a picture of each other. And the reason is, is because it explains, you know, when you see people do it, they'll apologize to start yep. with because they're not very good at drawing. They'll apologize whilst they're drawing the person. And then afterwards, when I ask them to show them the picture they've drawn, they, they apologize, apologize again. again. <laughs> and, and the reason is, is that when we're creating something, we often put a load of excuses and barriers and apologies in the way, when the reality is, we're creating something, you know, it should be a fun, enjoyable, safe, open environment. So that's what we try to do. I probably will run a Purdue creativity test as part of this Create a Safe Place. But fundamentally, you want people to check in, you want to make sure that you've outlined any rules of the day, you obviously want to make sure that everybody's prepared and that nobody is there in a sort of space in their own head that they're not going to contribute positively to this. And you know, very, um, to, to hit back to realism, the other thing you need to do is some companies that you go into have a horrible culture of lateness. Mm. So you anything that you can do that allows the, the meeting to start, but then you're not going to have to re-go over stuff again, because if you miss the beginning of the actual proper work, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really disruptive. So th that's another nice reason to get a nice uh, activity in there that brings everybody, and it just Absolutely. helps everyone relax. There's a, there's a great way to, to make sure people aren't late to meetings, and that's to lock the door after sort of five minutes, and they're just not welcome. But sometimes you need them in there. Anyway, I'm joking. You know I am. Uh, step number four is we start with discovery. So this is where we actually break out into the appreciative inquiry itself. The rest has been prep work. Now we're actually into appreciative inquiry. And step number one is all about discovery. And this really is where you want to get people writing down on post-it notes or actually hopefully coming prepared with some ideas about what's working about what is excellent about your chosen area of discussion. So let's say, for example, you're talking about your team and the processes that you run within your team. You wanna highlight what's really, really good about it, what's excellent, what's amazing, what's absolutely fantastic, what's working really well. And what makes working there so awesome? So if you're talking about your company or your team or your culture, why is it so great? You know, What would people go out and tell other people about how awesome it is to work with you? Those sorts of examples. And I think it's really important that you give, this is why it's really important to send out an agenda that details that, and, and give people room to, to prepare because some people are much more introverted and their thought processes are completely different. And asking people to come up with stuff on the fly is fine for particularly the likes of you and I, Rob, yeah, who yeah, are yeah. fairly outgoing. <clears throat> but some people really like that time to consider. And having had a chance to know exactly what they need to prepare before they come and come with it can take some of the anxiety out of this Absolutely. kind of interaction. And you're getting the value out of people who often can't contribute because of the way in which these things are structured. Absolutely, and one of the things I always do is obviously if you've got, you know, whether you whether you write those ideas in the session or you come prepared, is always encourage everybody to go and stick it on the board and if they're comfortable reading it out to the rest of the room, yeah. great. Uh, but we know that probably 50% of the room are gonna find that pretty tricky. You know, we're big fans of DISC, if you're not familiar with that, we'll include a link. Um, uh, but it, you know, it kind of explains that roughly 50% of the room are gonna be fairly content with standing up and being public and sharing ideas and the other 50% probably going to find it a little bit tricky and not impossible just probably not as comfortable yeah, yeah. Um, and so what we do is we try and get them to come around the board and stick it up on the wall and shout it out to the rest of the team and if they're not prepared to do that then obviously we can do that but it does like you say Helen it gets the quiet people the people who probably have some of the best ideas yes. they don't always get listened to it gets them a vocal piece it gives them an opportunity to share which is really really important 
So once you've done that, I'd encourage you maybe spend 15, 20 minutes on actually that discovery piece, getting the positive stuff on the board. Now you move on to step two. You have a look at that and you go, this is all the good stuff that we're doing. Now step two, really, in uh, it's actually step five in this podcast, but part two of the appreciative inquiry is to dream. This is where you start to move on to dreaming about how your world would be even better. So some good questions to get you thinking around here is if we won an award for best team, what would our team systems or process look like? What could we do to improve on what's already working? What could we take that's amazing and make it really, really amazing or super amazing? Add your own flavor of words in there. How can we get better? Uh, a question I like is to try and remove all limitations. If we had no limitations at all to what we were doing, what would our future look like? Um, what kind of future would mean we were unstoppable? Yes. You know, These are kind of questions that you can try and really tease out. What you're trying to do is you're trying to break down the mental barriers and the mental models that people have of their world. You know, we hear it all the time. We couldn't possibly do that, or that company wouldn't let us do that, or that's just the way it's always or been done. Or there's reasons. There's these all these reasons why we can't do it, some of which may actually be legitimate. But unless yeah. you explore where you would go without those barriers, you can't possibly solve some of the problems. Or And sometimes you imagine barriers which aren't actually really barriers to, to being awesome. They are barriers, but they're not barriers to the things you want to get absolutely. to. So, yeah. Explore. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, give everybody opportunities to put this down on post-it notes or index cards, whatever you're using. Uh, get them to come up, stick it on the board, talk out to the rest of the group again. And sometimes at this point, I like to get everybody up and around the board to look at it. You know, it changes the dynamics in the room. It doesn't have people who are potentially showing more presence in the room than other. It gets everybody to an equal space, all gathered around the board to start moving these things around and do something that's called affinity mapping. You group things to similar things. So if somebody said, you know what, we'd have a great induction process, and somebody said, oh, we'd onboard people really, in a much yeah, yeah. better way, they're the same thing. So let's group them together and let's tease out those ideas. Depending on how you go, I tend to like to get members of the the room to actually Absolutely. do that affinity mapping rather than do it for them because it's a, a way of including people. And it even if you are extremely introvert, standing up and uh, moving cards around, you still feel like everybody's looking at you. Absolutely. So although it can be quite traumatic, it can also be quite a, a liberating thing for people who are actually really quiet. Absolutely. I don't have to speak. I don't even have to face the room. But I can join in and I contribute. Absolutely. And it's a really nice thing to do. Absolutely. So basically at this point, you want to go through them all and sort of pick out some highlights. Um, maybe talk about them. Maybe have a discussion. Um, but really, you want to come back to the one question, which I always encourage everybody to think about, is which ones get you most excited? Do you vote on these? So I've done Can ones do, where yeah. I vote and sometimes I don't, so. Yeah, we can use a sort of dot voting, get people a Sharpie to go around and you maybe get, what, two, three votes each. Depending on how many cards and how much time you've got. That's mm. it, yeah. Um, so you wanna narrow it down really to about one or two ideas because what you're not trying to do here is sort of boil the ocean, make everything awesome. You're trying to just pick things that are actually, things that are exciting, things that people actually yeah. think are great. And you wanna get that group, I wouldn't say consensus, but you wanna get them at least aligned around one or two of these really great ideas. And this shortlist, um, when you really think about it, should have some benefit to the customer ultimately. So if you're in a business, your most chances are you're doing something for a customer. Even if you're improving your own world, it should be at the benefit of the customer. And that's one of the acid tests I like to come back to is, is this group of things that we've decided is awesome and we make it even better, would it benefit our customers? Because if it would, the chances are it's a very positive thing yeah. to do. Okay, but you want to get people energized about it. You don't want people sat there going, I don't really believe in that. I don't want to do that. Okay, <laughs> you need to talk that stuff through. But again, what we're trying to do here is avoid all negativity. Okay, so when we run these sessions, you always get somebody that pipes up and goes, oh, we can never do that. Park it. 
have a little parking area on the board yes where you write down the things that people want to talk about that are negative and you push it to the side oh uh, no i tend to use that now this is nothing more than a visual cue but there will be a wall that you are working on because there's usually a whiteboard or there's a big white space yeah. or colored wall or something you're using I tend to put the parking area on a different wall. Okay, cool. So that fundamentally it's stuff that we are taking outside of this session. It's not that we don't think it's important because it's being kept, but it's not contributing in a positive and Absolutely. useful way towards the session we're doing. Um, and that visual cue of it being on a different wall is good. What am I Absolutely. Tips? Absolutely. You know, I think that's a key point. We're not avoiding difficult conversations, we're not avoiding things that are problematic. There's a place for that, but this meeting is about driving out a brighter future, about things that are working. So we move on to step six in this podcast, uh, and this is about designing the future. So now it's time to start working through those ideas and put it into a proper design. And this design stage is really where we put in place steps and actions and tactics to actually bring this thing to life, yeah? Because we've said these things are going well. We've said we can make these things that are going well even better by doing these things, which is the dreaming bit. Now we're gonna try and bring those dreams to life in a design. Now you're probably not gonna get to a really detailed design in this session and that's not the goal, but you probably should get to five or six action steps that one or two people can own. That's what we're trying to get to. And it really is important that you leave the room with some actions, absolutely, with a deadline assigned to a person, absolutely, or group of people. Absolutely. Because without that, you've done nothing but chat for an hour. But you've got a big wish list. Yeah, I've got yeah. a big wish list. So yeah, we always say a plan is, is it has actions. If not, it is just a wish list of things. <laughs> okay, so here's some questions to think about as you're doing this. Like, what would it take to deliver this? If we're doing this work, what else do we have to stop doing? The chances are you might have to stop doing some other stuff. Uh, what would be the outcome of doing this work? And can you measure that? Yes. Okay, really important. You should be able to measure the improvements that you're making in your work. How will you know when you're finished? Should be pretty binary. We've done these 10 things, we're done. Okay, yeah. no sort of gray area here. Um, who benefits from this work and have we been and unspe- spoken to them? That's probably an action to go and speak yes. to somebody. It could be that actually you think these are all great positive things to do, but in the bigger system, the bigger place of work, they might have a detrimental effect somewhere yeah. else. Uh, that's all the big systems thinking stuff, which we might cover bits of through stationary freaks, especially using stationary to draw out maps of how yes. interactions work. Very cool stuff. Um, do we have all the people we need to achieve this? So are we missing any skill sets? Do we have anything that we need to do? The other thing that we also need is in there is, is there somebody who's going to have to sign it off? Now, every company Absolutely. has this thing where you go, you can make a decision, but you can't actually do it unless so-and-so says it's fine. If you know that that's going to be the case and you're going to walk out of that room and their say-so is important, then you need them in that room. Absolutely. Realizing that later or going and getting their approval when they haven't been part of that conversation is really hard. So don't make it harder than it is. Do the work up front and get them there if that's where the yeah, work absolutely. is. They should be one of the invitees, 100%. And, and tying in with that is, does this resonate with the business goals? So again, there's no point coming up with a whole load of stuff that is in a different direction to where yes. the business is heading. Now, one thing we often hear from employees is, I don't believe in the business goals. Well, you probably shouldn't be working there. Okay, <laughs> one of those one of those sort of basic things is harsh, you know it's very yes. harsh, and sometimes business goals are absolutely ridiculous, and sometimes they don't exist, and we work our way through that part of our managing management consultancy <laughs> business. We work through that a lot, where actually the goals are actually the wrong goals, but often we just have to appreciate that the goals are the goals, and if yep. they're heading in a certain direction, we should be able to get on board with that. And what we're building here through appreciative inquiry should align to the business goals. That's the point. Okay, and then the next step really, after you've done that, you've kind of got a rough outline of a plan. Now here is where we do actually want to do the actual plan, which is to actually take those actions, those things we need to do, give them to somebody. Yep. 
Okay, and you want to be leaving the room with milestones, who's doing what, what's happening next. And this is really basic stuff, you know, we probably don't have to talk too much about this. Well, I'd like to just say on there, one of the things that I do is I take photos of the board when you're done, so you've got your plan with your votes on if everybody's discussed it. Do you use the Post-it Note app? I have tried, it's not my favourite tool. <laughs> so I find it's way too flaky, there's far too much fiddly. I'd rather take a photo and, and deal with it. But I'm only keeping it for my records. I actually then take the Post-its that, that we're going to go forward with or the uh, index cards, I take them off and I give them to the person who owns that thing. So I keep mm. the record and there's a write-up of it, but I actually give the card because the card with all the votes on is quite a good mental trigger for people. They'll put it on their desk, they won't want to throw it away because it has intrinsic meaning, but having it on their desk is a constant nagging reminder of the fact they haven't actually done the work they said they were going to do. Yeah, that's true. And obviously, uh, companies will have their own work management tools, you know, whether yes. that's, you know, things like Trello or Todoist or, you know, Jira or Microsoft Whatever Projects or any of those sorts of things. Um, they all have those. And some teams just work on notepads with lists of things or Excel or email and, and personal various email different things. To-do lists. We're not going to get into too much of that. This is all about stationery, really. Um, but it's about using stationery to get stuff done. So really, next step, step number eight is to ensure clear outcomes. This is where you want to close out the meeting and you want to set the next steps. We've already assigned things to people. But it always makes sense at the end of a meeting just to reiterate back to the group to say thank you actually as well for contributions. Yes. To go through maybe some of the parking lot stuff that you've got and when are we going to address these things? Exactly right. What are we going? To, what do you want to do about these things? Do you want to have separate sessions? Because people in a room who know somebody brought it up, they can decide then and there whether or not they want to do another meeting about Absolutely. it. And if they do, they're committing themselves to actually attending. Absolutely. Which is always nice to get up front because otherwise you find that you've not got much appetite for the stuff that nobody really wants to deal with yeah and I guarantee from the end of appreciative inquiry there's going to be another meeting you're going to have to come together to talk about how you're getting on or whether or not this okay. is even still a viable project um, so obviously set expectations around that make sure people are clear field any questions again keep it positive you want to end on a really high note here it's been a positive meeting hopefully and then step number five you must follow up so follow up with good communications so the way we like to look at communication is it happens between people it's an interaction it's not an email it's not a record in a wiki somewhere or some sort of uh, CRM system. But those places are really good to wrap up what's being decided, what's yep. being discussed, what's being communicated, and then just to give people a place to have a record of that interaction. Yes. So we always encourage you to use whatever tool your company's using, um, even if it's just email, just wrap up all the outcomes, all the stuff, again, say thank you very much. Outline expectations, deadlines, anything else that you've agreed, put it into an email, get it sent to everybody who was in that meeting so that everybody has a consistent, clear record of what was discussed and what's coming out of it. You know, we've been in meetings where 10 people come out of it and you've got 10 different views on what should actually happen next. Well, and nobody follows up and <laughs> there's never any, you know. So always follow up um, and, you know, that's it. Just keep it high positive, keep it energized. And the reason we like these appreciative inquiries is a really high energy meeting to talk about what works. And yes. it's just done so infrequently in business that it's it's such a welcoming meeting. When people yeah. go in it, they're like, wow, this is incredible. Well, everybody's used to these kind of drains up. We had that one company or the, uh, we, <laughs> that's what they actually literally called them. But this idea of looking at the root cause analysis and all of this stuff, but people are so focused, as you say, on the negative stuff. What went wrong? How can we stop it going wrong again? And you should be doing those ones, absolutely. But actually, we also want to amplify the stuff that's going really well. Because if we did something and it went amazing, we sure as hell want to do it again. Absolutely. 100%. Can't do it if we don't understand it. Cool. So that's it. That's appreciative inquiries. Um, you know, we'll hopefully include, um, well, we will include some All text on the website. 
and we've got all of this written up so you can go through at a slower pace. If you follow us on Stationary Freaks UK on Instagram, then you can see all sorts of pictures about stuff we're doing, including pictures of us doing this podcast, which I will take in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want—I went into Ryman's the other day, and um, I bought these Uniball Signo TSI pens. They were really cheap. Yeah. They were like eight quid down to one pound fifty. You got three in a pack. Helen's just checking this pen out at the moment. Well, I use Uniball, but not like not that one. Yeah, and I thought, wow, that's epic. You know, I'll buy those. Three in a pack. Yeah. I think it was one pound fifty. Um, rubbish. <laughs> so I spent about three pounds so, on my Uniball. So mine's great. So obviously, yeah. Well, this is apparently I didn't read the the labelling properly. It's a pen that you can rub out. So yes, it's I know that. Pencil. Um, and <laughs> I don't think that's how they. Live. Yeah, I'm fairly certain it is, and it just doesn't write. It writes like maybe. 60% of the time oh, and then really? the other time it's really faint so I've got some of these I don't use them either yeah and then it doesn't always rub out so it kind of defeated that point as well um, so yeah <laughs> anyway I just thought I'd uh, throw so that slight nugget of you've uh, got a, a crappy notebook and a crappy pen rather right. and you're running a podcast on stationary freaks I'm yeah. not sure the authority we're looking for here mate no I need to get back to my roots <laughs> you do <laughs> anyway thank you everybody I hope you've enjoyed that uh, there's myself Rob Lambert and joined with Helen Zaski as well co-hosts together of the stationary freaks podcast um, so please do let us know if you liked it hit that like button uh, leave us some comments Go to Stationary Freaks UK on Instagram and obviously give us some feedback. Let us know how you enjoyed it or not. Or not, yeah. If you didn't enjoy it, actually, yeah. Uh, Maybe not. Don't let us know. That's it. <laughs> okay, see you in the next one. Cheers, bye.